Yes. Hello, everybody. Here we are on the other side of Christmas. Now it's just a long, cold winter. That's all. What do we have coming up? Martin Luther King Jr. Day? I can't wait. I can't wait until Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That's how I break up my winter. Always something to look forward to. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's 12.30 p.m. on the East Coast. I'm doing, like I said, I was taking uh, the 26th off and doing a half a day today because it's my mother's birthday and um, we're going to take her out to dinner, an early dinner because Aurora's got to be there and she's, she goes to sleep so early that we got to eat early. Anyhow, I have a great guest coming in to co-host with me in a little bit. That is Rich Barris and I want to talk to him about some of the behind the scenes over there in Arizona, which of course was all for naught. Because on Christmas Eve, we got, the, uh, we got the word that the trial was dismissed. Because there is not one judge in the country, it seems, who's unwilling to take the thumb out of their asses and do something for the betterment of their countrymen and for future generations. Not one. Who knows? It's in, an, it's in the appeals phase right now, too. But the higher the court the higher the level of cowardice. So I, I really am not... I've been divested from the whole thing. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I know who the the winners really are. So do you. But as far as what we should expect as outcome from our petitions to a government that is so filled with malice and cowardice, I just don't. I just don't see how anybody would put any hard-earned dollars on that bet. Why would you do that? So here I am, here I am with you and, uh, and, and I'm having a, I'm going to have a good time with you today. And then tomorrow, tomorrow we're starting up with all new programming. It could, it should be considered new year programming, but this is a wonderful week. I love the week in between Christmas and new year's because you have permission to do literally fuck all whatever the hell you want okay whatever you want this is such a whatever whatever it's like it's like senior cut week or something like that and i think that when the pressure is off is when uh we, we can we can have some really nice nice conversations especially on this show and i have a i have a quite a few um topics that have been building up some ideas for threads and I think that we're going to have a good time tomorrow, the 28th. Then on the 29th, we're going to have Jeff Harm Harmon back on. Going to get a 2023 astrological prediction. And I have so much more. And then next week is the new year. So I'm glad that you're all here. And since we're going live at such an early hour, I wouldn't be surprised if we have some new friends in the chat room. People from Europe, all of our European friends that are usually watching on demand. It's gonna be great to have you around. Uh, and, and there you go. We also have our end of the year raffle that are, that's about to be announced on Friday, the winner of that, but that is for monthly sponsors. Anybody who has 
any kind of a monthly uh, monthly contribution that is being processed on Subscribestar or on the, the website through Squarespace or Patreon or even a subscription to Foxhole. Uh, so it took, quite frankly, through the Foxhole chat. We're going to draw those names on Friday, so you still have time to get in on that. That's a five-gram gold bar and some coffee. I sent out one prize today. Our grand prize winner has not gotten in touch with us yet. I believe it's uh, Valador Pedros. I forget. So we'll see what happens. That was from the, the giveaway on Friday. Good stuff. All right. All right. So we have a couple of minutes. We have about 30 minutes before Rich Barris comes out. 26. 26 minutes before we have Rich Barris joining us. So let's jump into the grab bag, shall we? Let's do it. All right. First thing up. First thing up, this is one of those topics I'm going to have to bring up at another date with a an expert or a well-studied person. I don't know if I can get Jim Leon or a Dane Wigginton type, but this, the snowstorms. Now, we were joking over here in the studio about it's cold, though, no? Now... That was uh, that was mainly because we're we're on the outskirts of all. It was cold over here. We got single digits, but that's not out of the you know that's not out of the ordinary. Every once in a while, you'll get those weeks like that in December, but mainly January and February is our coldest month over here. But not one solitary flake of snow dropped where we are. We were just talking, joking lightly about the people in our area don't want to go outside or or don't want to be even go to the car for anything because it's too cold outside. It's ridiculous compared to what the hell was going on elsewhere. And Buffalo, I know there's like two dozen people that are dead, young people trapped in cars. I mean, a lot of it, uh, you can you can probably attribute some of it to stupidity. Why you would go out when you have 40, 50 inches of snow coming your way. I don't know what the hell's going on. A lot of tragic things to, to be heard. But the, the fact that, once again, this is a nationwide storm. So close since the last time we saw something like this happen reach as far south as the southern tip of Texas-Mexico border. I, I don't care what the hell anybody says. Whether or not this one was deliberately engineered from start to finish or not it's definitely the product of what we are doing to the atmosphere and i'm not talking about people driving around holiday traffic in all their cars not talking about any of that other nonsense i'm talking about those who always promise if you vote for us the weather will go back to normal because you can only make a promise like that if you're the ones causing all the shit so I don't know whether this is a direct operation or, again, just more uh, side effects from long-term practices that are just rearing their ugly head and, and, and at the same time being used as a reason why you need to continue to give them more and more power and control over the banking of the world as we go forward. But this needs to be analyzed. I'd love to have somebody on to talk, talk about this with and ask some questions. I mean, bad, bad snowstorms, especially in places like Buffalo. That's not that's not very surprising. But something that is, you're talking pretty much like a continent-wide storm is just incredible. And this weekend is going to be nearly 60 degrees. 
nearly it's like 50s we're going to be in the 50s for new year's eve weekend coming up just incredible 70 80 degree swings more depending on where you are in the country in the midwest my oh my so i definitely want to talk about that all right something else we have over here this is from mediaite here's the headline from mediaite Fox News poll, so you know it's good. Fox News poll shows 58% of voters are not glad. Not glad. They couldn't use unhappy. They're not glad that Trump is running again. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Hey, did, did Fox also call the 2024 election results in Arizona and Virginia? Did they do that yet? Or are they gonna, they're going to wait a few more weeks for that? tell you where you can stuff your Fox News poll. Ridiculous shit. And then there's this. Then there's this. From a, from the Gateway Pundit, here's the headline. A couple spends Christmas Day naked with their family as they stay fully clothed. Now, if you're weirdos, and I'm not saying that if you're in the privacy of your own home and it's just you and your your uh, your 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 wife or your husband and you're, you're walking around naked, that it isn't an exhilarating thing. Why the hell not? Sometimes you, it's just great. Everything gets aired out, you know, especially after a shower. Your pores are open. It's whatever. But to subject to other people, you're, to subject to other people, we're going to go with their, oh, they're hosting Christmas. Are they going to have their clothes on? It's just, I wish people can leave everyone else out of their personal issues. This is how we express ourselves. A British couple has gone public with their intention to public. Why? Why? Because, of course, they're exhibitionists. They get off to this stuff. Uh, They have gone public with their intention to spend the holiday season completely undressed while their family stays fully clothed, New York Post reported. Helen Berriman and her husband, Simon, have been celebrating Christmas in the buff, and this year is no exception. Helen will be hosting this year's Christmas Day for her 75-year-old mother and 15-year-old daughter, where she will sit naked alongside her husband. We'll exchange gifts, play some party games, and raise a glass, a completely normal Christmas day. It's just that Simon and I won't have any clothes on, with the exception of our cracker hats. Oh, good. Aren't aren't they fun? <laughs> um, listen to a little bit of this. Look at these freaks. Again, fine, if nobody else is in the house. Berriman began dating Simon back in 2015 and was initially confused by the fact that he was a nudist. At the time, the single mom, so she brought a, 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 there's a child. Ladies or gentlemen, if you have a child from another marriage and you start dating again and the person you are dating, you you realize is a nudist, is that a a non-starter for you? How do you ever bring your child to meet your new significant other? How do you do that? Where they, they, they not only have to shake their hands, but their, their eye level with their cock. Just, I'm, I'm sorry. You're, you're a nice guy, but this is a little weird and I'm not bringing my, my 10-year-old daughter into this house. 
While Simon was always in the nude, Berryman didn't find the courage to strip off until 2020 when she realized her daughter and their neighbors didn't bat an eye over her beau's penchant for being in his birthday suit. I was concerned as to whether it would bother my daughter, but when I asked her, she really did, it didn't bother her at all. When I was for, uh, furloughed in 2020, I realized that Simon worked from home naked anyway, and uh, he started being naked in the back garden, full view of the neighbors. I was mortified, and then I realized they really didn't care. Oh, I don't know. Listen, I, I you know, I know there's an aspect of this where we're talking about nature, and hey, before before original sin, uh, it, it, there was nothing, right? Right? Am I am I get do I don't I have that right? There was no shame. They didn't put the fig leaf. Adam and Eve didn't put the fig leaf on their their nether regions until until the feeling the shame of being naked. So I mean I understand the natural state of things, but I, I etiquette just says otherwise right now. I have no problem with people being naked, and often, but there's just what are you doing? She's like, they said it was their concern. Um, they said, uh, so they're going to have this this Christmas and everything's normal. Just normal, except for the fact that their assholes are going to be exposed the whole day. They're going to be sitting on the couch with asshole to couch, asshole to chair around the... I mean, can you imagine sitting on any of those chairs? How do you go into a nudist's home... And, and sit on, especially the hardwood chairs around the dining room table. That has had how many assholes directly, their assholes been kissing directly, an asshole kiss on every chair in the house. I mean, that's the reason why you should wear underwear for the furniture, for the furniture. Enzo, the baker, the baker, that you should have at least underwear on for the furniture. Oh. Should put a towel down. Oh my god. Anyway. All right. So here is um that was all I had for that. We're going to do a little bit of a we're going to open up the show now. I shared all of the links across the socials on quite frankly from Gab to Twitter to Truth to Rumble uh, uh, to uh Telegram. Please, ladies and gentlemen, help me get those on out so we have a nice gathering here for the afternoon show. It'll be a short one, but I want to get into a little bit of this uh, the updates on the Twitter files before we bring on our co-host of the afternoon, Rich Barris. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Oh, I steal things all the time. It's just something I do. I stopped carrying a long time ago. You should see how many supplies... I've taken from this place. Honestly, I love stealing things. I'm gonna get a drink. Do you need me? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. 
Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! the hell needs that i saw somebody said i think that cushions on the chair would actually be worse for in a nudist home yeah maybe because the cushion can actually like wedge itself between the cheeks and then you know has has the winking asshole on top of it there then they get then they get their ass kiss there are there are logistical reasons why i would not be able to be a nudist having your clothes off is great feels wonderful but there's logistical reasons, hygienic reasons for the furniture. Do it for the furniture. Okay. All right, so we got a little Sandy Nelson here. Let there be drums, 1961. All right, now I have something for you. Welcome to everybody that's in the chat. I know it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. 1246 and we're hanging out with Frank and he's live. Yes, well, I won't be live tonight. I will be live tomorrow. Gonna be taking my mother out and we'll see what she eats. I will be having a T-bone. It just doesn't matter. Actually, after I leave here, it'll be just about time for me to work out. So odd. So odd. It's odd for me too, trust me, but I love it. I like it. Gotta do a little bit like this. I thought I was gonna do the show from, from home too. And I just said, no, I'm going to the studio. I want everything to be completely familiar. Need, I need to be in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and I need to have everything where it's supposed to be. Here's the first thing up I have for you. This is from Zero Hedge. Why you need to start paying attention to the Twitter files. This is why you need to do it. This is authored by Kevin Downey, PJ Media. So here you have it. Twitter files have now officially had more sequels than Planet of the Apes and can be difficult to absorb. Thus, I don't think that they're getting uh, I don't think that they're getting the attention that they deserve. For those of you who have not been following the Twitter files drops, let's get, catch you up. What I believe are some of the most important parts. Number one, the FBI paid Twitter millions of dollars to censor conservatives. The FBI pressured Twitter to give them information that would legally require warrants, though they did not have warrants. Not only that, uh, I don't know if they mentioned this later on in these uh, the, the bullet points here, but the FBI essentially had 80 agents working round the clock with Twitter just to, 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 I mean, it wasn't even about moderating. It was just moderating small little shit accounts too. Nothing. Shit posting. Remember, every person at the FBI is paid whatever salary they make because we are stolen from first. And they put 80 people on there, on the, on the case, the case, making sure that both elections and conversations go their way. Leading up to the 2020 election, the FBI would eventually hold weekly meetings with Twitter and tell them whose tweets to squelch and which accounts they wanted to be suspended. Almost all were those of conservatives. The FBI knew the Hunter Biden laptop story was real 
They knew it was coming out the weeks before 2020 election, and they told big tech to expect a Russian disinformation drop and squelch the story. That means the FBI corrupted the election to help Joe totally showered, uh, to help Joe totally showered with his daughter, Ashley Biden. So he, he uh, remember that. Always remember taking inappropriate showers with his, with his daughter. Uh, there's also so many former FBI, but remember also, uh, he, they made the 2020 election season a little bit more palatable for the operation that was always going to be necessary to put Joe Biden in office. Can we always just remember that? I don't know if everybody at PJ Media is willing to go that far, but this was necessary to make it a little bit more palatable, a little bit more believable, even though that is a stretch in itself to sell that this was real. Because how much more could Joe Biden, who didn't even campaign, but for in the video editing room at CNN, how much more could he have overcome including, including this mass exodus of people who left Democrat uh, voting rolls for Donald Trump, that he, that he added over 10 million more people voted for him since 2016. So it's just like you have to keep some of this stuff subdued because then it becomes too unbelievable. And it is all unbelievable. There are so many former FBI employees at Twitter that they have their own Slack channel. Incredible. In response to the Twitter files detailing how the FBI Twitter circle jerk was real, the Bureau called the allegations conspiracy theories, but never actually denied its relationship with Twitter. Oh, that sounds like the defense team over there at the Cary Lake trial in Arizona. Did you see that? The closing arguments were absolutely incredible. All they said was, oh, this is ridiculous. This is where this, this court has been disrespected. They brought no evidence, just conspiracy theories. They're the only ones who brought evidence. And the other side just went, this really yikes, which is pretty much the extent of every liberal progressive argument on Twitter. Whenever you show them something that's, uh, that's unsightly to them and their, uh, their ethos, unsightly. And, and takes a little bite out of their confidence. So that's what they said. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that with Rich, who was right in the middle of it all. He, he took the stand out there in Arizona last week. Um, Elon Musk provided the world with an early Christmas present Saturday with Twitter Files Part 9. I'll sum that up so you can avoid the mess. Uh, FBI was a portal, specifically the San Francisco office for other government agencies to get Twitter to surveil and censor Americans. Hiding under the title uh, Foreign Influence Task Force, actors from local police departments to the Department of Defense and CIA were watching and censoring Americans, not foreigners. Twitter wasn't the only big tech firm hip deep in spooks. The Fed had their fingers in Verizon, Reddit, Facebook, Microsoft, and for some reason, Pinterest. What do you mean for some? Pinterest was one of the first places to ban Alex Jones. You remember that? You said, oh boy, they are testing everything here. As the 2020 election neared, the FBI, the real, the real question is, why was Alex Jones on Pinterest? Uh, as the 2020 election neared, the FBI, FT, uh, FITF, assailed Twitter with hundreds of requests to censor Twitter accounts and tweets. There were so many requests that Twitter executives had to come up with a system to prioritize them. FBI employees were tasked with doing word searches on Twitter, looking for violations of Twitter policies. It's just... 
so much. So what we've learned, that the FBI is not the only government agency censoring and surveilling Americans, duh. Uh, Twitter was a veritable pig pile when it came to spying on We the People, the DOD, CIA, and even local police had their fingers in the pie, and Twitter was only one of the pies. Other big tech firms, including Facebook and Verizon, that's a cell phone carrier, were in on the game. Big Brother is watching, and we are being spied on and frequently silenced. Yes, indeed. And we only have been able to ascertain this much as far as proof. Proof. And actually being able to track and see how all the gears behind the, the, the clock face work. Because of this one little opening into big tech that is the loss of Twitter. That one little opening. Have a couple of more minutes until Rich comes on. We have like six or seven minutes, so we're making good time. Then we have this. This was from uh, Post Millennial, a day after that. Twitter censored information about Ukraine war. No, duh. I have to do a lot on Ukraine soon. In- including including uh, a little bit of commentary on the the stateside visit from this uh, this fake Ukrainian G.I. Joe Zelensky showed up. Oh God, Th- there are some, uh, from that from that trip came the picture, the photo of 2022, and I'm going to make a case as to why. We'll do that tomorrow night. The photo of 2022. And beyond, actually. It's just, they say, the picture says a 1,000 words. This one says 10,000. This one is nearly a novel. Nearly a novel, this picture. I'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, COVID vaccines also, and direct, under direction from U.S. intelligence services. More from the Twitter files. This was on Saturday. This was on, this was number 10. So uh, that's where that all started coming out. And then we have the most recent one from yesterday. So we'll do a couple of these, and then we'll bring Rich on. Let's see. The Twitter files, how did Twitter rig? How they rigged the COVID debate? By censoring, here's the, the highlights, censoring info that was true but inconvenient to U.S. government policy, by discrediting doctors and other pe- people who disagree, by suppressing ordinary users, including some sharing the CDC's own data. Th- this is not only, I hope they get around to it because I have not read all the way through this thread yet, but it's not only a matter of rigging the COVID debate. By censoring and repressing the way that people are able to talk about this. They killed hundreds of thousands of people. Hundreds of thousands of people who could not see that most of the COVID data was coming from the flu, that there is a, there is a thing called COVID-19 out there that people are getting sick by, but there, there was very cheap, easy, readily available uh, uh, ways to get on top of defeating it lessening your agony and saving lives and because this was all repressed suppressed people were being shoveled shoveled into the hospital systems which only had one applicable applicable protocol that is remdesivir to make sure that your organs start shutting down and of course exploding your lungs on ventilators So this is so much bigger than how they rigged the debate. We're talking again, murder. It is murder, murder, murder. 
So far, the Twitter files have focused on evidence of Twitter's secret blacklist, how the company functioned as a kind of subsidiary of the FBI, and how execs wrote the, uh, the platform's rules to accommodate their own political desires. What we have yet to cover is COVID. This reporting for the free press is one piece that is important to the story. The United States government pressured Twitter and other social media platforms to elevate certain content and suppress other content about COVID-19. Internal files at Twitter that I viewed while on assignment for the free press show that both the Trump and Biden administration directly pressed Twitter executives to moderate the platform's pandemic content according to their wishes. At the onset of the pandemic, according to meeting notes, the Trump administration was especially concerned about about panic buying. They came looking for help from tech companies to combat misinformation about runs on grocery stores. But there were but there were runs on grocery stores. It wasn't just Twitter. The meetings with Trump White House were also attended by Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and others. When the Biden administration took over, the first meeting request with the Twitter executives was on COVID. The focus was anti-vaxxer accounts, especially Alex Berenson. In the summer of 2021, President Biden and social media companies were killing people for allowing vaccine misinformation. Berenson was suspended hours after Biden's comments and kicked off of the platform the following month. Berenson sued and then settled with Twitter. The legal process, Twitter was compelled to release certain internal communications, which showed direct White House pressure on the company to take action on Berenson. I think that this was included in um, Biden v. Missouri or Missouri v. Biden. A December 2022 summary of the meeting with the White House by Lauren Culberston, Twitter's head of U.S. public policy, adds new evidence of the White House pressure campaign and comments that repeatedly attempted to directly influence the platform. I did read ahead a little bit, and I saw that there was a lot of protest here in Donald Trump's desire to give people more hopeful outlooks. Do you remember? And and, and that was not something that's really... Um, Hold on a second. Uh, that That's something that's not really too surprising because we saw that play out. In the early goings in 2020, when this was happening, Donald Trump wanted everybody not to panic. He just said, if you're sick, stay home, uh, wa- wash your hands, and don't panic. And it was a dog pile. It was a dog pile. Everybody who had a microphone and a camera in front of them in the in, in the corporate press and several layers below were all calling him irresponsible and this is terrible. He's trying to help himself politically, but it's incredible. That's exactly what a leader does, to be honest, to keep people calm and do practical things in the face of any kind of a situation that we didn't even really have an understanding of yet. Obviously, there was people who knew exactly what was going on because they were the ones who were behind the, uh, they wrote the origin story. But for the rest of us, this was going on in plain day, uh, in, you know, plain as day, in plain sight. So I, I, I'd have to imagine, yeah, it makes sense that this was a little bit more concerted and technical, mechanical uh, behind the scenes. Uh, here we go, a little bit more. Twitter executives did not fully capitulate to the Biden team's wishes 
extensive review of internal communications at the company revealed employees often debated moderating cases in great detail and with more care than was shown by government toward free speech. But Twitter did suppress views, many from doctors and scientific experts, that conflicted with the official positions of the White House. As a result, legitimate findings and questions that would have expanded the public debate went missing. Now, again, public debate, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. But public choices, public's choices, uh, how to proceed, the choice that you, you would think that the autonomy that doctors should all have in all the years that they spend going to medical school, instead they're becoming just wards of a, a greater administrative state where they're getting licenses, licenses to practice medicine the way that their superiors tell them to. And, they, and their, their autonomy was taken away. So public debate is one thing. Public debate is one thing. You know, all that you want, if, if doctors and those who are trained to do what they do did not feel so much pressure from their, um, the intelligentsia and whatever medical groups, because nobody does direct care anymore. I was lucky to find a, a doctor who does direct care for family medicine and all that. And she believes in uh, in informed consent. We're very, very happy that we found that. But most doctors, they belong to these gigantic practices. These, uh, like over here in in, uh, in the Westchester, New York area, we have like WestMed and stuff. And if you're if you're a member of a uh, a doctor's group like that, there's there's barely. Any, I mean, you might just be birds of a feather, and you all agree on the same things, and you're and whatever. But but you you will. Not, it's a lot easier to just cave to the pressure and not want to be ostracized by your peers when everything is so collectivized like this. Now, if doctors were doing more direct care where they're just, it's just them and their community with people, which I hope happens more and more and more, I, th I think that we'll find that there are a lot more Dr. Zelenko's out there, God rest his soul, than not. And we need that. We need that because these, these hospitals are, are scary places, and it's a bad thing that they are. Let's see. So that's what we have on that respect. And he goes on and on about how what was specifically being done with the doctors. Again, not too surprising because we are seeing, we, we, we know what kind, of, what kind of restrictions were put on accounts and strikes that were delivered and timeouts and all that because talking about COVID in an unapproved way. We saw that day in, day out. But again, I think that it's good to really talk about, at least in a shallow sense, because it's more—it's about more than just suppression of a debate. We're talking about murder. You're, you're, you're talking about, you're murdering people, 100%. And then we have this. This was another gift that we got on uh, Christmas Eve, and Rich Barris will be able to talk about it in just a few moments. He texted me. He said that uh, the swivel on his tripod with the camera came apart, so he's he's trying to put that together. Carrie Lake loses the 2022 election lawsuit against Katie Hobbs. Now, this is from Fox 10 Phoenix, so here's a little bit more wonderful reporting from the Fox Corporation. A judge has thrown out Republican Carrie Lake's challenge of her defeat in the Arizona governor's race to Democrat Katie Hobbs, rejecting her claim that the problems with the ballot printers at some polling places on, you see how it's all, it's always written that place. It's always a challenge of her defeat 
Now, obviously, oh, that's exactly what happened. She was defeated. Well, that no, a, a defeat, a defeat was handed, handed on over. Some polling places, so they're always minimizing, minimizing. In decision Saturday, Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson, who was appointed by then Republican Governor Jan Brewer, found that the court, so a Republican report appointed him, so this is an unimpeachable person, found that the court did not find clear and convincing evidence of the widespread misconduct that Lake had alleged had affected the results of the 2022 general election. Why? Well, that's a great question that we can start off with, Rich. That's a great one to start off with. Ain't it? No clear and convincing evidence. You saw the body language of the judge from time to time, like taken aback by what was being said. And of course, there's nothing to counter it. So let's let's just start off right there. I I, I want to get that I'm gonna get that up and running, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to our buddy Rich about this, who is right in the hey, middle of the crossfire. Hey, fun. Rich, you there? Join without the video for the time being. Oh, it's okay. I can get your I can get your Hold green. on actually so I can hear you. Everything seems to be going on muck here, bro. Sorry about that. It's all right. I'll it get you. It is the I'll... Bluetooth. Yeah. No doubt. Okay, I'll... hold on, Frank. I should be able to hear you in a second. Okay. Okay, cool. You hear me? Sorry about that, man. No problem. You know what I'll do? I'll go side by side. I'm gonna split the screen. I'm gonna take this off take this off and i'm gonna put green hulk rich back on the screen with me <laughs> there he is richard barris nice. big data poll director oh man dude you've had a, a pretty interesting christmas uh, break no sure have sure have I'm, without a doubt I'm and it was a late break i'll tell you that man well i'm glad you got back in time so it didn't affect anything with the family let me just ask you this right off the bat um I mean, it's always good to see friends doing big things, and you continue to find yourself in the middle of some of the more consequential conversations in recent history, um, even taking the stand in Arizona. But I, this right here, let's just talk about the dismissal. Here is from Fox 10 Phoenix. Uh, this this Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson found that the court yep. did not find clear and convincing evidence of widespread misconduct. Uh, from your standpoint... Did the court find, or was, were they presented clear and convincing evidence? Uh, from, uh, you know, to that count uh, specifically, and let me just, you know, preface this with, I don't think, uh, you know, I didn't do this because I thought the court would, uh, you know, rule the right way. I've been, I've been in elections long enough, Frank, to know that it is one of the major defaults of our system, that there really is no remedy in the event that, uh, there is a problem with an election or an election was conducted illegitimately, as this one very clearly was. Uh, there, There's just no legal remedy for it. And I got to tell you, you know, sitting there uh, being five feet from the guy, but then also sitting there observing him, I, I felt like he was going through the motions because he knew it would be appealed either way. And that he was, uh, you know, he, uh, someone has got to want uh, to be that guy, that yeah. judge. And unfortunately, um, if you if that trial didn't present clear enough evidence to give a uh, circuit court judge like Judge Thompson uh, cover, you know, to be able to do the, a ruling like this, um, then there really is no case that will because 
you know, as you had Kerry Lake's uh, lawyer twice bring Mr. Jarrett up on the stand, they did it the first time knowing full well that he would either perjure himself or get caught in a lie, or maybe he didn't know. And I just got to be honest that, you know, I'm not, again, uh, you know, that some things are just out of my scope, but I really do feel like uh, Mr. Jarrett was bamboozled by everybody else. And he's a smart guy, uh, seems very nice, very gracious, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to see him. He is not nasty, uh, you know, unlike others that I will say I have no respect for anybody else in Maricopa. But Mr. Jarrett, I, if, if you twisted my arm, Frank, and I had a, and I had a bet on it, I would say that they made him a patsy mm. and whatever happened happened underneath his nose because I do believe he really thought when he answered the question the first time uh, about the ballots, 19 inch versus 19 inch image versus 20 inch ballot. And when were those tested? They were not. Of course, we knew the answer to that when when, when he was asked the first time. Um, they simply were not tested. Uh, I, I think somebody pulled something on him last minute and it was his scope and so he's the one who looked like a fool who was brought up again you know once the judge made the intent question he was a it, it was a high bar and it almost didn't matter what i said as far as you know do i think there was an this impacted the outcome of course i think it impacted the outcome the only question for me was whether it changed the result the winner and i mean i'm here to tell you frank uh if um you know, there was one more hour of unabated voting. Kerry Lake would be the governor of Florida, uh, uh, the governor of Arizona right now. If there wasn't, um, you know, all of these people who went to vote early in the morning but couldn't before work, uh, then life gets in the way. They can't go back. They have, you know, dance classes they need to bring their kids to, soccer, whatever, you know, uh, a concert, you know, who knows, a Christmas concert for their kid at school. Things happen. Life happens. And I think as politicos, we sometimes forget how easy it is to, to disenfranchise a voter. And when you see uh, widespread chaos like we saw in Maricopa that day, there's without a doubt going to be an impact to that election. I so I think it's tragic. No, it, it is. And, and, and to that point, I, I, one of the closing arguments I saw one of the, uh, the the lawyers on Hobbs' side of the uh, the aisle was was uh, putting out there was in, was just incredible. Not only uh, only in a world I should say run by malice and cowardice could a defense team be that bad and still come up with a victory? Because this That's th right. this one guy. He shamed Carrie Lake's people for bringing nothing but conspiracy theories to the court, and then he literally equates. Yeah, yeah, and then he, he and then he literally equates voting on election day to waiting for the last minute. That should be <laughs> voting on election. And he and he said that um, if you're if you're waiting for election day to vote, you reap what you sow. As if losing, losing. If you if you wait to go vote on election day, losing should be a foregone conclusion. It's just incredible. It's incredible it the statements right. that were made. It is their right to vote on election day as it is outlined in the Constitution, both states across the country and the federal Constitution. There is no uh, two, you know, there is no two week to four week uh, early voting period in the Constitution. It is election day. That is how we have done it for hundreds of years in this country until the relatively modern era. And it is only in 2020 did we move to an almost universal mail-in balloting system. And by the way, if they think, like I said on the stand, if they think that, they, that the world didn't see this, 
that the world wasn't watching and that they somehow squashed people's fears about mail-in voting. This made it even worse. It showed how grossly incompetent and how exploitable this system really is, Frank. The Dropbox testimony, come on. You know, third person, third party vendors being used. Nobody even knew about Runback until this trial, Frank. Nobody even knew about that. Uh, and by the way, we've pulled this in battleground states across the country. We pulled it nationally. People don't like this. They want bans on drop boxes. They want bans on ballot harvesting. They don't like the practice of third party uh, chain of custody issues. They don't. They, they just don't like it at all, yeah. and they want it gone. And yet, our officials seem to think they're expanding it. If you look at the last two years of new registrations in Arizona, uh, about a quarter of people refuse to be signed up for absentee ballot voting, which means the share of the election day vote could, in fact, continue to grow. Which you know, so you should have taken this trial as an opportunity to. Um, instill trust in the system and instead i i sadly think though you know this is uh again we're a laughing stock hmm. we're supposed to be the gold standard of self-governance and democracy and uh when you have that much evidence presented at a trial and get no legal remedy uh, i think it's really clear i mean that this, that this is it's a hologram you know, if it's it's a hologram it's complete hologram exactly yeah. exactly now um I, I thought the other thing that was really interesting there too is to see everybody keep talking about how they're doing root day or root cause analysis on what's going on. Here we are months. This is now what almost like two months after election day, and if you have something to challenge, if you have if you're Katie if you're Carrie Lake or something like that, and, and you want to challenge an election that something obviously was very very wrong, where you're up five six seven points the entire time, then all of a sudden this. Uh, this this squirrely woman that hid from the media for months is yeah. now suddenly ahead of you. Uh, they have five days to challenge the election results, uh, and and meanwhile, all, how many people took the stand and said that we're still doing root cause analysis all these weeks later? I it's just it's incredible to me. And and now and on what, Frank? If there's nothing wrong, if nothing if nothing was widespread, if there weren't widespread issues. Uh, that occurred on election day, what are you doing a root cause analysis of? You understand the logic doesn't make sense? Yep. It simply doesn't make sense. What are you doing a root cause analysis on if you're up there claiming that there weren't real issues? Well, what's the sanction? It doesn't make sense. So you're talking about other logical inconsistencies. What, 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 what's this sanction? Uh, I heard that uh, Carrie Lake was Scare just sanctioned. What, so what, what is she sanctioned uh, from doing? So basically, these are scare tactics that the left has been using uh, so that there aren't any election contests brought up in court. And I got to tell you, I've spoken with uh, lawyers of, you know, um, that, that really don't they've never had these issues before. They've never been sanctioned in front of a court from, uh, you know, bringing um, frivolous lawsuits or anything like that. Only when you get into this area of the law. Are there, um, you know, like these, these, these scare? I mean, it's bullying. That's what it is. 
Uh, and it's the same thing with my industry, Frank, public polling, all of that. You see how they tried to smear me on the stand. That stuff doesn't happen in other areas of market research and branding. And do you think when a, when a defendant comes to me and says, do me a favor and spare me from serving the rest of my life in jail, help me pick a jury that's not going to convict me on bogus charges that some left-wing prosecutor brought to the table to try to make me an, uh, some kind of an example for gun rights everywhere. Please make sure I don't do the uh, a life bid in prison when I'm an innocent man. Do you think they give a damn about the smear tactics that they heard people try to use on the stand against me? No. They want somebody that they know knows how to do their job. When a left-wing organization, I'll just say, you know, that uh, brings you food for a living, has a brand problem. They're run by lefties. Do they run to the media pollsters and the media, you know, the university pollsters to save their brand? No, they come to the people's pundit to save their brand. So none of none of this happens in any other area of my industry except for the political industry and it's being perverted by ideology and that's sadly that's what you see when you see these sanctions against lawyers these are um you know intimidation tactics and i know we were going to talk about the twitter files look at this this is what they're a cartel and anyone who is outside of the cartel has to be discredited has to be smeared especially if god forbid they do their job better than them. Mm. So there can't be anybody. I am like somebody like me, those uh, lawyers who will take a case that nobody else will take. And by the way, it is not just politics. You know, they, pe people want a survey about uh, adverse effects, for instance, on a certain, you know, I don't want to get you in trouble here, but who do they go to? Only the people's pundit will run that survey. And God forbid it comes back showing something that, they, that maybe indicates they're not telling the truth. Well, six months later it's proven to be true you know they can't have that frank they cannot have that right. and look the fbi just smeared their own agents in a response a public response because now why they have to be cut loose they have to be discredited you have to maintain control the cartel is the one who serves information on a platter to the people and anybody who has a different um you know a different vehicle to offer information to people that may be credible has to be destroyed I I, I, I want to ask you that there too. I'm glad that you tied in the Twitter files. I'm but but going back to credibility. Yeah. I know that after you left the stand, they had they had taken several routes to uh, to undercutting your own credibility, and of yep. course, I mean, questioning your credentials, of course, by holding you up against corrupt monopolists. It, it, it's the only. It, it's an incredible self-own, but it's the only standard that they really have. Trying to ask you uh, why, why, pretty in, in in effect, why you should be, why your work should be trusted if you aren't <laughs> if you aren't in the same clique as the rest of the cartel. It's it's right. it's like asking people what their academic pedigree is to have an opinion on anything that has to do with life. So were, were you able to listen uh, after the fact and hear people talking about you directly? Oh, absolutely. And, what, what, and, I, and look, this is this is, um, you know, I this is the only I expected it is where I'm going with this, because this is the only route they had to go, Frank, to bring in an academic to talk about how, uh, you know, I'm banned by 538. Uh, who cares? Uh, they can't go after the record. Again, there's something I said there that they there is nothing they can do to change this from being a fact. 
I have never published a public poll that incorrectly called the winner of an election outside of the sampling era. Never. There have never been any, uh, you know, Trump plus 11s in Pennsylvania that turned out to be Trump plus a half a point or two points. Uh, there's never been a Biden plus 17 in Wisconsin. There's never been anything like that. So they do. Th that's the only, le uh, you know, the leg they had to stand on. And I again, I expected it um, and I wasn't dying to do again. Let me make this clear. I was not dying to do this. I didn't work for Kerry Lake, uh, you know, at Kerry Lake during the campaign. I simply found myself in that position because I did conduct an exit poll in Arizona that I was like uniquely positioned to speak to some of the things mm -hmm. that had occurred on election day. But it is not a good career move. I'm not adding, even though people were joking about it, I'm not adding the title to, exp you know, expert witness to my uh, business card, Frank. That's not happening. I don't intend to make a living off of, you know, testifying on the stand to this stuff. And certainly I'm not starving. So I don't need the money. I would have much rather been home uh, with my family. But, uh, you know, the, some people stick with you when you're polling. You know, I still remember a, a woman in, in Michigan, you know, who told me how she voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary in 2016. And then and, and she was going to vote for Donald Trump. And that interview, what she said, sticks stuck with me significantly. Uh, you know, there's just been people over the course of the years that that uh, I, I will never I'll never forget them, you know, and. There are people in Arizona that express such a frustration on Election Day when we were doing this exit poll. I'm not going to forget them. So I would never have been able to forgive myself if I didn't do this, you know, and, and by the way, it probably will cost me some of that business that we were talking about. I have no doubt, you know, but. Um, you know, some other, you know, left wingers, uh, you know, that are in the corporate world that are looking uh, for, you know, research, you know, more along the lines of what we were talking about before. Uh, they may decide now not to go uh, with us because of that. That that could happen. But it's just a, a risk I had to take. Oh, it and doesn't matter. Gonna, you know, smears, but I'm used to it. It doesn't. I'm it, used to the smears. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that doesn't matter. I understand at this point, as long as we're not starving. Then it just doesn't matter. There's no reason why there the, yeah. I mean, there would be no reason to sacrifice the 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 integrity of the work that you do, um, because then we lose the only edge that we had. That knowing that there are people like right. you, I know you're not the only one. I, I know that there are people like you out there that are giving everybody a good contrast against what is an obvious operation, a perception altering operation it is not polling it is it is working very specific psychological operations on people instead of just providing information and insight into how people and their their you know the response to anything that's going on out there is trending and i uh i i don't think that there's any reason for you to to worry because uh, it's good to be uh, a minority if the the minority is righteous and and we love having you i do i do got to say Rich, I loved how you had to get reined in a couple of times. You got too excited for the stenographer. It, you're talking too quick for the stenographer to type. I loved it. I was lo I loved it so much. I said, "Out oh, there, Rich, Rich, gotta pull it back in." This is not quite frankly, Rich. <laughs> and I apologize to her too because we had uh, 
direct, then redirect, right? Cross-examination, or no, cross-examination, then a redirect. And between cross-examination and redirect, we took a break. And uh, I know, uh, you know, the judge had told me, you know, that basically that poor woman's like suffering from carpal tunnel. So I had a friend uh, when we were young in um, Howell Township and their mother was a, a stenographer. So she got carpal tunnel as well. And I just, I was like, look, I'm sorry. It's just, and she's like, no, you know what? I know I can tell by your accent where you're from. She's like, and I, I used to live there for a while. I get it. You know, she's like, I understand. And she was also like, I also need to <laughs> correct uh, you know, I also need to make sure I have the correct, uh, you know, basically terminology. She's like, are you saying sampling error? You know, I mean, they were, they're normal people. They're, they're every, you know, this is something people should understand. Um, you know, and I, I, again, I, I felt bad for the judge, frankly. I really did, man. I did because it's like, God, you know, I know, uh, I'm in a position here with my own career. This is not the position someone like me wants to be in. And I can only, and I imagine it's the same way with the judge, but I guess in the end, the difference is, uh, you know, in the decisions and the choices we make. Well, I was I was praying that you had like a scent of a woman moment, where you got to, oh, wow. you, yeah, you get you just got to go and, and scream in the court. So, you know, everybody wants. I'll take a If I was half the man I was five years ago, oh man, that would be great. <laughs> I would love that. I would love. Well, you know. There's nothing really else to say about this because I know that there's an appeals process, but the higher yes. up the higher up this goes, the the I think the the least uh, there's going to be even less of a reason to believe that there's going to be a judge willing to uh, not sit on their hands and 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 be the person who creates a problem because that's really what it is. It's fear. It's fear. If you're not completely complicit in what in what kind of a world is being created right now, it's the fear of what could happen to you and your family if you rock the boat too much. And um, yes. in in the way that That's things, exactly it. yeah, and, and and you know, and and the the people that are left in place now for at least four to eight years in places like Pennsylvania and Arizona, it's going to be. Um, how do you project? How do you project? Is there a way? for states like Arizona and Pennsylvania and Georgia to correct course with the current leadership and the Supreme Court precedent that has been set with uh, John Robert John Roberts before 2020 is there a way for these three states to have any other outcome in the next couple of election cycles other than democrat if everything is going to be kept in place and the legislatures are going to be neutered well, I, I, I have to, there's two things I have to say about that, I guess. Um, and I know this is going to break the heart of the expert they brought up after me because he was frantically deleting his social media posts so that God, for, you know, the, the court and nobody would find how like rabidly, irrationally anti-Trump he is. Uh, he hated Kerry Lake. He hates Donald Trump. Um, and he had no problem, uh, you know, stepping outside of his uh, objective, you know, uh, is impartial uh, BS projection that he wants everyone to see. Uh, he, this is going to hurt him and terrify him, but it is the truth. I remind everybody that every poll, and it wasn't just us, Emerson, others, if you had polled any of these Senate races, governor races in 2022, and added a rematch question for 2024, um, you know, I just hate to tell the never Trumpers out there say it's time to move on, but it's the truth. Donald Trump ran ahead of everybody 
and that's that includes Abe Hamaday and, and Kerry Lake. Uh, he ran much closer to like Kimberly Yee, who ran for the state treasurer. In fact, he ran a little bit stronger than Kimberly Yee, so he would have been able to carry Arizona. Um, and I look, maybe you know, and I mean, so why? Because there's just going to be a participating block in the electorate that I really do. I think it's pretty clear after 2022, they're not voting for anybody other than Donald Trump, at least not in every state. I think Ron DeSantis got him out in Florida, at least a lot of them. Uh, Glenn Youngkin got a lot of them out in uh, Virginia. But these are like local races. And at the presidential level, there's something that's there's a it's a different phenomenon. You know, I mean, you can win a governor's race by 19 points, then run for president and barely eke out a win in your own state. It's the, the partisan voting index gets stronger. It's more strict. Uh, and you need this like ace in the hole, which or you know, this really it's, you know, a secret weapon. And that's Trump's Trump card, which is this class of voters who feel that their vote doesn't really matter, mm. but they'll get out and vote for Donald Trump. And in Georgia, for instance, uh, any, you know, Walker and Warnock were a two point race either way. And the three polls that we conducted yet, Trump was ahead by 11 in the state of Georgia. I mean, the, uh, Oz, when we had him down by four, Trump was up by seven. I mean, so it, it's a me that there is that. And then secondly, when I look at states like Arizona and Nevada, um, they are also like Florida and Texas, where these people who are fleeing California, New York, Illinois, these high tax, high cost of living, low freedom, blue states, um, they're going to places like Arizona and Florida and Georgia. And I would argue that it, immigration and the education system that produces quacks, you know, like just quacks, not they're not being higher you know they're not getting at a higher education and uh, becoming smarter people they're being um manipulated mm. and, and and ideology is being planted in their mind that has changed the white vote so dramatically over the last 10 years and for a while republicans were maxing it out and the, you know trying to push the envelope to 60 plus and that's not going to happen anymore so the only thing that ever kept these states that close frank nevada arizona and Texas, by the way, probably would be much more competitive if it wasn't for this group of people. Is state these state-to-state -state migrators are leaving these high-tax blue states and be and they're Republicans and they're or Republican-leaning independents and they're moving to these states and helping to keep them competitive in the face of uh, you know like in international immigration, you know uh, illegal immigration, and that coupled with um, indoctrination, making the white vote that second-generation white vote because we ask those questions in states like that we know there are movers um you know your grandparents are probably republican the new arrivals are republican but that second generation that middle of the road generation that they may be the first to go to college and get a degree or maybe the second in their family to get a degree uh they're liberal they're white liberals and they live in live in largely urban and suburban areas that's why uh arizona and other states like that have gotten uh much more competitive georgia by the way another one this is a lot like uh arizona 60 plus percent urban vote now i compare that to a place like north carolina and florida you're looking at much more like 40 percent urban vote so these people concentrate we kind of you know we call it the hive mind but it's true they concentrate in these social circles, in these geographic areas, and they don't step out of the hive. So, you know, those new state movers uh, offer Republicans hope. The problem is they can't keep stabbing these people in the back. 
omnibus spending bills. They just get the House. The Senate stabs the House in the back. You know, I mean, you have somebody like Mitch McConnell, the face of that party. That can't continue. That well, that's is, my, that's uh, my best. That's the thing. There, that especially that especially there is no yeah. reason why, if there was any kind of. Listen, I, I hate both parties, but in this position where they know that they're going to have a House majority, no matter how slim, in come uh, January, the Republican Party, if they wanted to, can halt the brakes on everything right now. Frank, do you? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, keep sorry. it in I mean, Seriously, they, they don't have to go along with this. Um, they, they can just... just they, pump the brakes on everything but they're 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 capitulating and the robbery is continuing this this love affair with Ukraine is continuing in the most uh, incestuous and gross ways possible um i don't know it it's it just so much rich and we're going into the new year swinging for the fences though that's going to be it's going to be a good time for us because i i love dishing it out to everybody yeah, I mean, at this point, um, it is worth noting that we're headed now into it will have a couple special elections this year for governor. We're going to have Ms. Mississippi. We're going to have Kentucky, Louisiana. Um, and, I, you know, Republicans are better being a minority. So headed into the presidential election cycle after that, they'll at least be in the minority where they can try to make the argument that Democrats are really still in control. But I'll tell you, Democrats only took control of the House in 2018, they had a very small majority, comparatively and historically speaking, and they ground everything to a halt. So at least they can, it goes to show you that if they really want to put the brakes on the president's agenda, they can. It's just a matter of what they're willing to do, how far are they willing to go. Democrats, are they're willing to put it all on the line. They don't give a damn. They represent their voters, and that's why their voters vote for them. Uh, Republicans, very different. And all uh, over the course of this election cycle, I don't know how many national polls we did, what, 14 or 15. And more often than not, uh, you would see that actually uh, there were, if you looked at somebody like Mitch McConnell's favorability ratings, there were more Democrats who would say they had a very favorable opinion of Mitch McConnell than, mm. than there were Republicans. Because they, it's like they can count on Mitch McConnell to stab Republicans into the ba- in the back any chance he gets. Uh, you know, it'd be like 11 percent of Democrats would say they have a very favorable opinion compared to six or eight percent of Republicans. That happens routinely. And when that happens, you have a problem and you cannot build a party uh, with leadership that's like this, Frank. You just you can't. You have to be uh, voters have to feel represented. You know, uh, there's no other way to put it. You know, you're going to have a House leader from what, Bakersfield, California? Does that sound like the Republican Party to you? And yeah, Mitch McConnell's from Kentucky, but he's not Kentucky. He's not from Kentucky anymore. He's from K Street. Are you kidding me? Uh, this is, it, it's, a, it's a joke, Frank. It's a joke. It can't, it cannot continue like this if Republicans want to have a, a future electoral, uh, you know, viability. Um, I have one. Now, I, I appreciate you spending the time with me here, and I hope that you, you and your family had a wonderful Christmas. I really do. And I, you I, as well. I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to. Oh no! I actually got. I got everything I wanted to get in, to be honest. But there was one. I saw a super chat just come in that I just noticed. Thank God I did because I wouldn't know how to answer this. Um, it's it, it's critical of you, so I want to. I want to throw this out to you. Uh, this guy Sardo, whatever says that you used conservative numbers, whatever that means, head uh, uh, yeah. quote conservative numbers instead of the numbers your own research suggested. You pulled your punch 
And, and because of that, you're no better than any GOP rhino. The lady prosecutor rightly made you look stupid. What, is the, what, what do you say to that? Yeah, I would say that um, you can't use the more bullish numbers because there's something called a variance in modeling. And looking at some of the other um, variables in the model, they suggested that we would not, and I know what he's talking about. So the, the research showed that actually the election day vote was depressed more like 20%, right? Uh, as opposed to the 10 to 15 range that I used. And that's, I explained on the stand, um, that's simply, first of all, so I, I think that it's a, it was a little bit too bullish. And looking at some of the other numbers, what we know we had left for demographics of people who didn't vote, and uh, there are just some things, like I said in the report, it, modeling is an exercise in hindsight. You have to go back and you have to see what may have been correct um, and what may not have been correct, Frank. And you know, while there was overall a 20-point uh, difference between what was expected versus uh, what actually turned out, uh, you know, the rest of the 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 rest of the variable variables for uh, party, for uh, gender, uh, for location, really suggested that it was it was more like fifteen. But even still, um, you know, yeah, I mean, the point was to write a report that a judge who's not a mathematician or statistician could understand. And um, you know, it, it, there's. I, look, it's a decision somebody has to make on what to do, and I didn't feel that the rest of the variables in the model supported the higher twenty percent. Uh, it's like really shooting for the stars. Well, if I, if know, I can, if, if I can also jump in and and, uh, and and add this a little bit there too, um, to to come down on you in any way, shape, or form because you didn't uh, give uh, what would be considered for people like us who are obviously interested in seeing Carrie Lake come out of this with a right a righteous win, um, what you have provided is, I mean, it's circumstantial evidence compared to what was going on with the, the, the ballot prints and, and the fact that we know that certain areas were shut down for one reason or another. I mean, there's so many other things going on in there. You come in to talk about circumstantial evidence, which is still very useful for the same reason why you bring in character witnesses in a murder trial um, or, or, or anything like that. And so for everything else to have been discounted and now ultimately dismissed, for for you to have take any responsibility for this loss because you pulled punches is uh, is really ridiculous. There's so much more there that actually uh, affected the the ability for people to vote physically. That should have been a reason to uh, at least redo the whole thing or do the right thing and just flip it around. But um, hey, I, I understand. And you have to remember the sampling hour from Maricopa is higher. It's a subgroup of the entire state. It was an exit poll for the entire state. So the issues were uh, exclusive to Maricopa. So the the sampling error was higher. It was three and a half percent just for Maricopa. So you have to understand it. It, it could have been 13%, right? Because you have sampling errors in both directions. Um, so yeah, I don't think it was pulling punches. I think it was being realistic uh, and and you know, uh, recognizing that, you know, you have to account for those variances in modeling and polling. You have to. You can't just expect that the number that you get is going to be dead on every time. 
And when I have other data from congressional district level data that's showing me that, uh, in fact, Republicans maxed out uh, their vote in a lot of these areas, um, not affected areas, but in th that's another thing people have to remember. It was in isolated areas, more Republicans, uh, more Republican areas. But, uh, you know, for instance, downtown Phoenix was uh, very, very high turnout. So, you know, again, you know, I, it, that's what I thought was defendable. You Don't can't worry just about shoot it for the stars and everything. I know? wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it, Rich. I wouldn't worry about it. I just I just I don't. Uh... I didn't. Uh, I don't always want to throw out their uh, softballs. So I figure, if that was me, I mean, I'd have a lot. I, I'd be a lot less uh, cordial as you were. So I'm. I, yeah, once again, I understand. Actually, I do understand what he's what what they're saying. I do, but uh, again, I think it's just uh, you know, as someone who does this for a living, uh, you, you, it's always better to be safe than sorry, and it doesn't matter anyway because once you get to the ten to fifteen percent range, Frank, the margin is in doubt. And I also used a very, very conservative share, uh, you know, the, the value for the variable for her share of the vote. I used 70 to 75, when in truth, she was winning these areas by larger than that. But that, again, is my point. It puts it in doubt. It does. So um, the first 140 plus thousand that were tabulated in these areas, she won 76% of the vote. Hmm. Uh, in some of those door threes or draw threes, uh, she was winning closer to 80 she she outperformed Abe Hamaday in some of those areas. So Abe did better with the early vote, which is why he has a closer had a closer margin. And I'd notice, by the way, I would point out, you notice Fincham's case and Abe's case were dismissed before the judge made this ruling. It was like giving him cover to dismiss it, right? Uh, it just seems to me a little bit uh, very convenient. No, I, I <laughs> get you. Convenient. I didn't. I did. I don't know if you got a chance to talk about the Twitter files, though. I don't know, uh, but I did want to read. Did, I, did you read the statement from the FBI on this? Um, the, uh, was that the one that pretty much condemned everybody as conspiracy theorists? Yes. Can please, I read re it? Yeah, re it? Please is, read it. Yes. Please read I'm it. I'm yeah. stunned they did this. Read it. Go it ahead. Is, well, I'm not stunned. It's just stunning. It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency. I think your actions, uh, ladies and gentlemen at the FBI, I think your actions discredit your agency, um, not conspiracy theorists. And the term conspiracy theory, which I think we talked about before, yeah. was fabricated by feds in suits like them and pushed by media like the New York Times in the wake of the JFK assassination. And it was used to label anybody who, who dared to question uh, the findings of the congressional investigation that was, you know, supposed to be this bipartisan, credible investigation into the assassination of JFK and the potential role the CIA may have played on it. Anyone who dared to question um, the findings of that were labeled a conspiracy theorist. It did not appear in the American lexicon before the JFK assassination until it was uh, used by the New York Times at the behest of the CIA and others multiple times that very year. So they they came up with this the way they, you know, took the word collusion, Frank, and uh, twisted it and turned it into something. It, it you know now it's part of the American lexicon. It was. I always believe before. like they're not. I I don't even feel like they're real. I, like that was written like by AI. I really do believe that it was written by AI. C couldn't be real people behind that. It's just so incredibly tone deaf. You. Right. Tone deaf. Yeah. yeah.
<laughs> no, no, it's just it's, it's unbelievable. Truly, truly is. And I, I, Rich, I appreciate everything. Thank you for making time for us today. I just knew that uh, over the the Christmas weekend, when when you had gotten off the stand, I said we're gonna we're gonna have to get him on at some point. And please send my love to to Laura as well. And I hope that we uh, we hope we get to get together and do something fun soon. Absolutely, Frank, and uh, ours right back to you is and yours as well. I hope you had a great holiday. We did, and you know, with all uh, said and done, we we had a really nice Christmas. Um, you know, and uh, rolling into the new year. Happy, so we'll see you soon, buddy. Happy to hear it. Now, please, just before you leave, let everybody know about your locals and about your broadcast schedule, so they can watch you uh, off uh, off of my own my own show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on locals, uh, it's peoplespundit.locals.com. That's definitely the place to uh, to find, you know, all things uh, People's Pundit. Um, we probably, we didn't do the book club on Sunday. It doesn't look like we're going to make it up because there's some people that are just on vacation and, and uh, others that just can't, even new people that want to join. The book club is awesome. And by the way, we're using this term cartel now. If you've been uh, participating in the People's Pundit uh, book club, from locals, uh, you'd be quite familiar at this point with what it is that they are doing and what a cartel is and why, by the way, it is a, a very, it, it is in fact a threat to democracy. Once you have cartels, it is not a democratic system anymore. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out, peoplespundit.locals.com. And uh, of course, People's Pundit is the YouTube channel uh, and Rumble People's Pundit as well, where we um, stream the show, which is Wednesday and Fridays. And uh, we'll be doing it. We'll be doing it. Even with a light schedule, giving people a little bit of time on Frank, we're still going to be doing something. Good. Can't Good. stay away forever, brother. No, 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 no. Is too it, much it, going on. Too much. The itch. The itch is too great. You must scratch it's it. It's just too great. It That's is it. so true. <laughs> it's so true, my friend. All right. For those of us who do this for a living, it is, in fact, an itch that needs to be scratched. You, you are totally right. Can't go away. It can't go away. And I'll talk to you soon, man. I'll, and thanks for everything. All right, all the best to you and yours, Frank. Talk to you soon. Later. Okay, so, ladies and gents, we are, uh, that's, that's almost it. That is almost it. Yeah, imagine the tone definitely to, to, to discredit the, the agency. Who cares about the agency? The problem is we've gone too many years now thinking, oh, the FBI, it's, it, it's as, it's as American as apple pie it's it's been wrong since the beginning and it's okay to start understanding that now took me a long time to realize so oh oh wow wow and then once you realize you start seeing that you you see the dirty laundry you see all the things that are still ongoing and for them to come out and say it's it's unfortunate to see conspiracy theories we we're, we're looking at the papers now we're looking at your your messages we we see the money we see where the money is going. It's, imp- it's pathetic. It's really pathetic. It instituted the agency. It's pathetic. It might as well be a leaping lizards. Leaping lizards. You know where you, you bring your kids to go and jump in the ball pits and the, the trampolines and, you know, run through the tubes like little hamsters. You know, I mean, it's just really what it is. They have a little arcade. You collect some tickets. You go get a stuffed animal. That's what the FBI is. Only it's... A, it, they... It, they're violent at times. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I don't know where it goes, but it's going somewhere. And unfortunately, we can't unhitch our wagons. <laughs> we can't unhitch our wagons. We're just, um, 
We're taking the trip. All right. Really quick break. We come back, and we are going to jump into, um, where the hell is it? We are going to jump into, oh, that's right. We're going to do our super chats, and then we're off. Don't go anywhere. She put him in the piss butt to teach him how to swim. He swam to the bottom, he swam to the top. Lulu got excited and pulled him by his cocktail ginger ale, five cents a glass. If you don't like it, just shove it up your ass. Ask me no more questions, I'll tell you no more lies. A man got hit with a bag of shit, and that's the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> cover-up artist and you are a liar but not a snitch excuse me no i don't think i will mr slade this is such a crock of shit please watch your language mr slade you are in the baird school not a barracks mr sims i will give you one final opportunity to speak on mr sims doesn't want it he doesn't need to be labeled still worthy of being a bad man. What the hell is that? What is your motto here? Boys, inform on your classmates. Save your hide. Anything short of that, we're going to burn you at the stake? Well, gentlemen, when the shit hits the fan, some guys run and some guys stay. Here's Charlie facing the fire and there's George hiding in Big Daddy's pocket. And what are you doing? You're going to reward George and destroy Charlie. Are you finished, Mr. Slade? No, I'm just getting warmed up. Get him, Rich. I don't know who went to this place. William Howard Taft, William Jennings Bride, William Tell, whoever. Their spirit is dead, if they ever had one. It's gone. You're building a rat ship here. A vessel for seagoing snitches. And if you think you're preparing these minnows for manhood, you better think again. Because I say you are killing the very spirit this institution proclaims it instills. What a sham. What kind of a show are you guys putting on here today? I mean, the only class in this act is sitting next to me. And I'm here to tell you, this boy's soul is intact. It's non-negotiable. You know how I know? Someone here, and I'm not going to say who, offered to buy it. Only Charlie here wasn't selling. Sir, you're out of order. Out of order? I show you out of order. Yeah. You don't know what out of order is, Mr. Trask. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. 
Out of order. Who the hell do you think you're talking to? I've been around, you know. There was a time I could see, and I have seen boys like these, younger than these, their arms torn out, their legs ripped off. But there is nothing like the sight of an amputated spirit. There is no prosthetic for that. You think you're merely sending this splendid foot soldier back home to Argonne with his tail between his legs, but I say you are executing his soul! And why? Because he's not a bad man. Bad men. You hurt this boy, you're gonna be bad bums. The lot of you. And Harry, Jimmy, Trent, wherever you are out there, Fuck you too. <laughs> oh. oh. Man. That's Rich Barris before the uh, Supreme Court in the year 2040. His swan song. Man. Doesn't everybody want a moment like that? Doesn't everybody want a moment like that once in their life? I'm going to have to watch this brilliant ass film again. In fact, I'm going to add it to the, the film club 2023. We're going to have to watch, or everybody's going to watch Scent of a Woman together. Oh. What a great movie. What a what a great movie. What great performances. Incredible. And there's so much in that in in this just in itself to talk about institutions, to talk about who is really privileged and what the real situation is about honor and integrity and all that stuff. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. You know, big sterling institutions whether it be a a federal agency or a college or a high school or something like that but really what the hell is it it's just a building and an old reputation and a lot of money and an agenda great 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 this is if you haven't watched this or if you haven't watched it in a long time watch it this week or this weekend scent of a woman we'll have to do this soon all right, into the into the grab bag. Oh, into the thingy here. Let's go and grab grab our streams super chats. Gino says hard for us to fathom how these people can ignore blatant evidence like this, and no matter what explain what explains it away to satisfaction, it is the evidence means no, if it's like the evidence means nothing. If your worldview is already tainted, very frustrating to get through these fools. Yeah, it is, Gino. It is. But you got to remember something also. It was a good Christmas reminder seeing this get thrown out on Christmas Eve that we need to focus on improving ourselves even more so in 2023. Start with the man or the woman in the mirror. Serve your families. Strengthen bonds with friends and neighbors. Because the mafia system that is sitting on our necks, that is hanging from our necks, that we are forced to fund, which is insult to injury, it is one filled with traitors and cowards. And it's uh, it's better to, no matter what, like with, with Rich saying, I might lose a little bit of, might lose a little bit of business from my time on the stand and, you know, one thing or another, but is it worthy compromising? Is it worthy selling your soul absolutely not absolutely not i would rather be a a small fish in a big big pond doing my thing 
than um, than to die a fucking coward. And there are so many cowards. So many cowards in the cartel. Cowards and then killers. Cowards and killers. The people who know that the killers are there but don't want to get in their way. Nick Piscotta says, get Jim Lee on the horn. I'm sure he's got much to say about this crazy storm. It's been damn cold down here in Florida. Yeah, you're in Florida. Absolutely. Natalie B says, hi, Frank. Today is my birthday. Happy birthday, Natalie. And I wouldn't want to spend it anywhere but here live with you and all the Franklies. Keep doing the amazing work that you do. Happy birthday to your mom. Thank you. Thank you. And happy birthday to you. We are going to be, uh, everybody at the table tonight is going to be toasting you, Natalie. Me, my mom, Lauren, Anthony, Aurora, whatever. We're going to be toasting you. Toasting you. Happy birthday, Natalie. Irina says, love getting to peek into, oh, this was from a couple days ago on Friday night. Thank you so much for that. And uh, thank you to Todd Fife on Rockfin who left a very nice tip. And start coming. Let's see here. Let's see. Let's see here. Um, that's it. That's it. That's all I have over here. On Foxhole, Roll Tide says, Thank you, Lord, for Frank. Well, Thank you, Lord, for life. I, I, I was at. I had a, a little bit of a thank you session last night. Wonderful weekend. I can't tell you how amazing last night was, and I didn't really do anything. Me and Lauren, we went out. We went out to pick up some food to bring back home to have a picnic in the in the living room, and then we just went upstairs. Uh, we were hanging out, and we just we just it was just a nice nothing kind of a night, and I loved it. I loved it. I was so grateful for it. And I hope that everybody else out there is having little moments like that too. Whatever the hell it is that brings you some serenity, oh, hold on to those moments. Hold on to those moments because the headlines that will take them all away, like your nudist friends who refuse to put their their clothes on even when they have company over for Christmas, that's going to pull you out of your headspace. Let's see. CL Goober says, fun getting to listen to you live. Well, I'm glad that you're hanging out. Oh, where are you from, Goober? Sometime, there's a lot, I'm sure that there's a lot of people in different time zones that aren't able to watch. Stickman, Freediver, thank you. Afternoon greetings. Yeah, I have to go work out. I trust my family doctor, but I have to keep him in check. When it came to the jib jab, he didn't want to do, uh, he didn't want to dis, D-I-S? I don't know what you... I missed that last part. Uh, and then Robert Sarns, America. Thank you, guys and gals. I am going to release the scratch in right now. It's a short little show, but I, I'm glad that we got to do it together. Thank you to everybody. Let's see. Negan1AF says, we need to institute a stamp act instead of the Green New Deal. No taxation without representation. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. That would be wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow's going to be a good night. I can't wait to get back here. 7 o'clock. We're going to have fun things to talk about, fun things to read through, take calls, and just 
just massage our way into the new new year. It's mess around week. The week between Christmas and New Year's. You just get to mess around. So that's what we're going to do. I'll see you later. Thank you guys and gals for everything. And again, thank you Rich Barris for, for coming on and helping me spend some time in front of the best audience on the internet. And may 2023 be a year where you guys meet many new audience members and welcome them warmly. And here's a cheers to growth. But we got a lot more reflecting to do before we kick off the new year, don't we? All right. That's it for me. Nighty night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, and starting with Gino, Nick Piscotta, Natalie B, the birthday girl, and Irina. Thank you guys and gals so much across Rockfin and on Rumble and on uh, Twitch, Theta, D Live, YouTube. There's so many of you. Love to you all, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>